Hi, I'm Phil Barantini and this is the Going Rogue Club, the podcast that delves into the careers of film and TV's heavy hitters. Each episode, we'll find out about their journeys and the unconventional way they got there. My guest today is one of the country's finest actors and we're actually amazed that we got some time with him because he's one of the busiest actors out there. He's constantly working, so we managed to squeeze in a day with him. He's been in movies like Pearl Harbor, Made in Dagnum, Star Wars, just to name a few, massive TV hits like Line of Duty, Mrs. Biggs, and uh, Netflix's White Lines. We got into such an amazing conversation and you know, we talked about his journey into stage school and drama school the differences between performing on stage and screen and not shying away from the roles that, that scare you, which is so important and so many invaluable pieces of advice for young actors. Please welcome to the Going Road Club, Danny Mays. Thank you so much, Danny, for, <laughs> uh, for, for coming on. It's, uh, it's, it's an honor to have you here, mate. I'm, I'm a massive, massive, massive fan of your work. I've been for many years, I'm not gonna lie. Um, so, and you know, so glad we could we could do this because you're Absolute a very pleasure. very very busy boy <laughs> um yeah how's it how's it all going good yeah, yeah. i mean i'm uh, yeah i've thankfully got a day off yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. well I've, I've been in a um a musical guys and dolls yeah. you know so that's pretty much taken up the majority of the year like we started rehearsals in january and yeah uh, but at the moment I'm off that as another brilliant actor Owen Arthur who's taken over the role of Nathan Detroit and yeah I always had, um, I'm filming the sequel to Magpie Murders. We're doing, it's called oh, Moonflower yeah. Murders. And it's a, an amazing Anthony Horowitz murder mystery yeah. show for the, which the BBC picked up, you right. know, and it's become like, you know, very successful. So yeah, um, yeah. they were all calling to do a, a season two of that. And I'd, I'd had like a gentleman's agreement <laughs> with, right. with Anthony way back when. Yeah. So I knew that was bubbling away in the background. And then when it came round, I was like, you know, I... I don't know, I think when you give your word to someone, I know you're not necessarily signing on the dotted line, but... Um, you're loyal. I, was, I had a loyalty to it. And, yeah. you know, fortunately, um, the th you know, I, the theatre have allowed me to go away and film that in Dublin, right. and then I'm going to come back in mid-October. Yeah. Because I'm a sucker for punishment. Amazing. <laughs> come back and do eight shows a week. Yeah, but I love it. It's been an yeah. amazing experience. I've never been... I mean, I, I was in musicals years ago I when was I was in stage school. But I haven't done it professionally for a well, very let, long let's time. Well, let's go back because... because Let's I'm, go back. Let's I'm, take it back. I'm so <laughs> interested to know, like, you know, your journey and sort of... Because you've been in the, the game for so many years. So many years yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, I mean, where did it all begin? Is it, was, did, did it run in the family? Did it, you know, were you sort of... Because um, for me, I, as an actor, I, I was the only one in my family from a working class family. You know, when you say I want to be an actor, they're like... <laughs> Exactly the same. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. How many siblings have you got? I've got two younger younger brothers. Yeah. Okay, right. Yeah, so you're one of three boys. I'm yeah. one of four boys. Right, right, right. And I'm exactly the same. None of them have <laughs> showed any interest in performing. But I think... Um, so you were the eldest of your yeah. three. Okay, yeah. right. So I had two older brothers and one younger. So right, right, I right, always right, right. think... And my two older brothers in particular, and, and my younger brother, Ryan, very good sportsman. When yeah. we were growing up, I yeah. mean, it was always football, golf, tennis, all that sort of stuff. But particularly my two older brothers were exceptionally good footballers yeah. and they'd play for the district and all that sort of stuff. But I was never, I mean, I thought I could play, but um, I guess it was just something about, you know, tr attempting to get noticed in a sort of overcrowded yeah, household. Yeah. So 
performing and doing impressions of people and playing the class clown and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. That sort of, um, you know, came sort of very naturally to me. And yeah. I think it was a question of um, me wanting to try and do something different. Yeah. And did you, did you have a definitive moment when you were like, I want to try to do this properly, so go to drama classes or whatever, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> always my, my light bulb moment. I, it feels weird talking about it now. Um, was um, my mum took me to see Michael Jackson when I was a kid, when I was about, wow. uh, what hour was I, like about 11, 12? Yeah. Around that age. The Bad Tour, 1988. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was sort of, I mean, in terms of like a live performance, that was just the most astonishing thing I'd ever seen. Yeah. So that was me. I was locked in my bedroom doing Michael Jackson impressions, you know, dark. That was my that was my party piece. Yeah. Every school disco, if Billie Jean came on, you everyone did. knew that Danny would grab his hat and do his routine. <laughs> and that sort of followed me. That then led me to a local dance group, Stage One in Essex. Right. And then it was there, Caroline Hurst, who was an amazing dance teacher there, she suggested... Uh, stage school so yeah. I auditioned for Sylvia Young's and all the places and I yeah. ended up going to Italia Conti oh did you yeah so I was a stage yeah. school kid because there's two Italia Contis isn't it I believe now is there, there's a there's there, the... there was all our one was always a, the main one was a yes there is two there were two there was the one at Goswell Road yeah which is the one I went to near the Barbican and that's and the more musical theatre that's all musical yeah. theatre but yeah. there's a solely an acting yes. uh, branch of it as well which was I think it's still down in Clapham yeah and um but yeah at the time i just it was musical theater I, I remember auditioning there and i think i got in and i was too petrified to go oh really yeah because it was that whole thing of you know leaving your normal secondary school and that was good i was gonna say that because because i had some mates who went to sylvia young's and it yeah. is a school isn't it it's like it oh you, yeah you change you don't go to school as well you go yeah you do you go in and you do um, but I mean in the same place you, you, oh, you, yeah, you yeah. don't go to your secondary school and then go to Italia Conti as well it's like it's all no I mean Conti's yeah. Goswell Road was essentially a block of flats wow. so you'd come in and um, on the first floor was all the classrooms yeah yeah and then you go further up and there was studios and then art studio and the the agency was right at the top right so um I have amazing memories of it, you yeah, know. I mean, yeah. like, but like I said, I didn't go in the second year because I was just too petrified to, you know, make that leap. And then it yeah. was like an itch. I, I, I couldn't stop scratching. And then I auditioned again and got in. And then, like, we all said, look, if you're going to do it, go for it. Yeah. But it was a big, you know, change for me. I was there in my blue Italia Conti uniform, jumping on the central line all the yeah. way up. My mum used to drop me at the station. I used to go up from wow. Bucca still all the way up to, to the Barbican, commute there and back, you know, so at the age of, from 13. Wow. So yeah, I always knew I was destined to do it. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. But, um, yeah, it was a great experience, you know, it, it sort of, I have great memories, great people, great teachers. Mm. Um, and of course it was predominantly musical oh, theatre, yeah. but then the biggest influence on me there was a, was, was an improvisation teacher uh, called Dennis Noonan. Right, right. As soon as I then got into sort of improvisation classes, that's when I really sort of yeah. stumbled upon something which I really connected with. Yeah. And, you know, Dennis was in, instrumental in just getting me in the space and freeing me up and yeah, yeah. stripping away all, all those inhibitions. I mean, you know, amazing teachers are such a, a lifeline, aren't they? Of course, and, yeah. And Dennis was just, um, to this day, a dear friend of mine. And, oh, that's amazing. You know, I never, I mean, he came to see Guys and Dolls recently. It's quite emotional seeing him again. Cause yeah. I've not seen him for a while. But um, I have been blessed, you know, throughout 
all of that schooling, all of that period. My art teacher there, Jane Brown's hard, amazing influence. Mm. And then when I eventually went on to RADA, I had some brilliant acting teachers as well. Yeah. So I had a, I mean, I had a hell of a lot of training. Yeah. Yeah. I did three years in the junior school, three years in the students there. And then by the time Conti's was coming to an end, mm. I only knew I wanted to act. Yeah, yeah, you know, I was yeah. getting into, you know, De Niro and independent American movies. And I mean, I was bunking off ballet classes to go and watch Pop Fiction <laughs> at Leicester Square. <laughs> I never forget, I, I bunked off, yeah, with me mate Alex. And we, um, we used to just, you know, that's all we wanted to do. And then I auditioned for Arda because like Dennis yeah. said to me, if you really want to... It was all about having longevity and yeah, yeah. sustainability and a long career. And he said, you know, if you're really serious about it, maybe try for drama school. And so what what, um, what age was that then for, for Rada? Uh, That's after school, my, isn't it? Yeah, 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 I was about 19. There were, right. I think I was, there was three of us which were the youngest in the, in our year, I think 19. And that's what, three, four years, three, four years? Three years. Three yeah. years, wow. Which was, you know, polar opposites in a way to, I mean, you did acting classes at Conti's, but yeah. when you got to RADA, it was all about, you know, Conti's essentially was tits and teeth. It's like, <laughs> it's like the, outs, the outside in, yeah, do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it was yeah. all about performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas RADA was like Stanislavski, it was yeah. like about emotional memory, building a character, working on your voice and movement. And yeah. it was just, uh, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, I, I was sort of, it took a while for me to find my feet there because yeah. it was so different to what I'd known before. Yeah. And there's so many techniques out there. Yeah. And I'm sure I didn't go to RADA, but I know a few people who did. The, 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 you know, there's a few different yeah. techniques that you're learning. So they throw everything at yeah. you. Did you pick up on one specific technique? Or, or is it something that you they sort of use now subconsciously it's weird, or whatever? Because like, I always joke like, you know, like you do animal projects at drama school. I always remember being a peacock in Russell Square one summer <laughs> with all of the work people sitting around eating their sandwiches. And Elan was like, okay, Danny, do your peacock in the middle. And I had to be this, I mean, I was like, you're kidding, I've got to do it now. Oh, wow. So I was this peacock and then all these office workers were going, I wish I could do that. No. But, but, um, um, but I always joke like, I've never to this day been on a film or TV set and gone, oh, look, <laughs> Dave's doing his bear. Leave him. <laughs> give him. Give him. Uh, give him five minutes. You yeah, know? Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I mean, it's. I think you always just take what works for you. Yeah. I mean, all the Stanislavski stuff was incredible. Yeah, you know. And yeah. I think the more you worked on it, it just becomes ingrained in you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But um, I suppose you you do subconsciously have your own method, and it, and and. It, and you know, we'll talk about this a bit more in a minute, but like, you know, we've got a mutual friend, Stephen Graham in common. And oh, him, yeah. When you work, when you work with, with him, like, or, you know, other actors, I suppose you have to like adapt to and figure out every actor's different, right? Like, so, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I think you have to have a, a sort of sixth sense of how the actor in front of you is, is yeah. what their process is. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I've been with actors where you can tell that they're, I think, as an actor, you know if if it's an emotional scene or yeah. if it's a pivotal moment in the in the script that you know on that particular day you know you've got to perform that scene and mm. you you I always think I if it's something particularly emotional you just keep it on a low light do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean yeah. and you gradually yeah. I wouldn't want to do any of my prep that interferes with another actor's process yeah you just keep it on a low light and and um, 
deliver on the day. Yeah. yeah. But I often often listen to music and all that sort of stuff. That's yeah, a big yeah. in for me sometimes. And with, you'll with, see me on the on a set somewhere just listening headphones. Yeah, in. all that. Yeah. yeah. I love that though because it because it music does it, it's an escapism, isn't it? Yes. And it can it can enhance emotions. It can bring so much out of you if you're listening to like something really sad. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, know emotional recall was a massive light yeah. bulb for me. I remember yeah. my, my acting teacher at RADA was a brilliant lady called Dee Cannon and that mm. thing of, you know, drawing upon like stuff that upsets you, that yeah. has moved you in your own life and, you know, use that for whatever character you're playing is, mm. is always a great mechanism, you know. Yeah. Um, and I've often used that, yeah. So, yeah, in terms of like, you know, obviously guys and dolls and, and other stage stuff as well, compared to TV and film, acting, you know, some actors, they struggle to go from one to the other, you know what I mean? It's like, you, yeah. you, you do see that, if you see an actor who's, who's predominantly worked on stage, come in and work in TV, they, they, they find it like a bit of a shock in terms of like bringing yeah. it down, you know what I mean? I, I, I mean, you, I, I'm always amazed when um, actors say they haven't kind of done stage because yeah. I, I to me they're not um that far apart i mean mm. to me stage and screen and their acting is acting you yeah. know and it's yeah. about um you know the constructing a character and thing but i always think in terms of it's just a great workout for an actor to do stage because yeah. you know you're you're asked to sustain a character over yeah. the course of an evening and and you are the editor you know you, as we all know like your performance in a film and tv is always shaped by by how it's cut and what the yeah. editor thinks is right for the scene so and on stage that's not the case you're yeah, the kind yeah. of you've got the reins and i always think it's um but but you're right you know something like guys and dolls it's about it is about how performative it is and yeah. how big i i'm all, i'm one of those actors that you know i'm never afraid to go big with something. I mean, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm like the English Nick Cage or something, <laughs> but it's like, you know, I think you can always be, as, yeah. as long as something is truthful. Yes. If it's grounded in truth and it's grounded in the research and all yeah. the work that you've done pre-production, then, you know, if it's believable, yeah. you can always, a great actor is an actor that risks. That's what my totally. teacher said to me. Yeah. And it's about, you know, um, not shying away from parts that you think you're unable to play. Yeah. And in terms of like roles that you've played, you know, what's been something that you've just like, you wish you could do that again or, you know what I mean? It's like in terms of like something that's been really, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, just it's stuck with you for a long time and you've gone, that was just like uh, inc an incredible experience or, you know. I think I'm I'm always one of these people that I always wipe the slate clean with yeah. every character. So I don't think you can ever rest on the performance that you've just played. You can't rest on your laurels mm. and um you know like people say to me, "Oh Danny, you know you work so much. Have a bit of time off." Say no. Um, my agent says that to me a lot. But I'm a great believer in, you know, investing in whatever projects kind of in front within reason yeah. but you know you a case in point is is boiling point you know mm. it started out as a short film yeah, yeah. it became this amazing feature and here you are you know yeah. about to release the tv show so you, you never really know you know it's all about how creative the people are yeah in that process whether or not you think you can give something to it whether you can play the role and i, I always see the benefit in something you know yeah 
Yeah, and what's what's been one of your like sort of favourite favourite roles roles to play? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I I don't mean. Yeah. It's like asking me um, which one of my kids I love. <laughs> <laughs> well, go on. Which one? I'm joking. I mean, I'm joking. I, I, I mean, there's there's been so many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Highlights, you know. Um, I mean, I you know, I think um. I think it's always those roles that you can't imagine yourself playing or, you know, you look at it and it's like this huge mountain you've got to scale. One of which was Peter Wildblood in a TV single against the law. Right. That was a true uh, story of him being gay in the 50s and he was arrested and imprisoned because obviously it was illegal back then. Mm. That was something that the BBC came to me, Fergus O'Brien. We've made another uh, we made another show about the... Um, IRA bombing in um, Warrington, uh, Mother's mm, Day. I mean, mm, he was mm. a great director to work with, but, you know, <laughs> it was just, it was such a left field choice because you'd yeah, have probably yeah, gone yeah. to a, an Andrew Scott or a Ben Wishaw or someone like that. And I was like, this isn't the type of role that I play, but that's exactly the reason why you should commit to it. Yeah. And um, I often find those sort of things, um, the ones that scare you are the ones that you kind of look back on and think, I'm so pleased I took the challenge on. And um, yeah was able to pull it off. Yeah, what what sort of like, you know, actors getting into this industry now, what kind of advice would you give them? Because I know it's it's very different, this world now, because, you know, anyone can just say I'm an actor. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, what would you, what advice would you give, would you give people coming into the industry? I think it's, it's a bit like that, isn't it? Because mm. of, you know. Especially with so, all the content. Yeah, everyone's on, everyone's just, you know, doom scrolling on Instagram and yeah. um, there's no right or wrong answer, but mm. the bottom line is you got to put the work in. Yeah. I mean, my advice to a young actor now is to get out there and go and, you know, watch films, go to the theatre, yeah. kind of immerse yourself in um, the world in which you want to make a career in, you know, because yeah, it's, yeah, not, yeah. it's not, it's not, you know, it's not glamorous. I think the thing is with social media and all that st stuff now, it's like you say, content is so free to hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, and you know, people are just looking at the trailers of movies and things like that and think, oh, I want to do that. But you, you don't appreciate all the work that's gone into that. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. I mean, I've, I've got a, an ITV drama coming out, The Long Shadow. Yeah, with Lewis. With Lewis Arnold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had looks the, amazing. The press screening for that on. Uh, two days ago and the thing about it and we did the big Q&A and, yeah. and that, that's taken four years to come to fruition and yeah. you're like I was suddenly sitting there and I was sitting next to George Kay the writer and I thought you know that's an amazing I, I, it's never lost on me yeah. the amount of work that goes into these projects Yeah. so as an actor you don't want to turn up you know you're like the, you're like the last piece of the pie yeah, 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 yeah. so that's why you know it's your job to serve the writing and to not rock the boat and to deliver, you know, yeah. to leave your ego at the door. Yeah. And um, because a lot of the time it's taken years to come mm. to fruition and, it, and it, it's, um, you know, it's a long winding process. Yeah. What, what is your sort of um, process for, you know, getting into role or, or you know, when you, when you get sent something, yeah. I imagine you get offered lots of things without auditioning what what is the thing that that you go i must do this i know you talked about before about being scared and and yeah. you know challenging yourself yeah um 
It's just always a combination of everything, isn't mm. it? Mo mostly the script. Mostly it's yeah, yeah. like, have I played this role before? Yeah. Is it? Sometimes you get a part that plays to your strengths and you think, you know. You can see why they've. Yeah, and you think, okay, and there's nothing wrong in taking that part yeah. because it's like, you know, um, I'm often, when I read a script, it's about the fact that I can, I don't know, I have a thing of like, you can instantaneously visualize yourself doing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you leap forward and you think, I can totally imagine that, that place to my strengths, I can do it. Or it's a role that you go, shit, there's no way I can ever attempt that. And you take it on. And it's a combination, but it's always about the writing, but it's mostly like, well, who are the other actors? Yeah. Are they a nightmare to work with? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are they egoless? Are they, you know, yeah, yeah. who's producing it? Who's, you know, and it's a lot of the, the pattern of my career has been, you know, building up relationships throughout the years with yeah. people like, you know, directors like Lewis. Yeah, and, yeah. Because you worked with Lewis on Des, right? On Des, yeah, yeah. 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 Which was incredible. Yeah. Amazing piece of that work. That was a great experience. Yeah. And, um, I think the long shadow is going to be equally as as powerful because yeah. he's always he's got a great humanity, Lewis, as a director, yeah. and he's. I think what sets him apart is that there is no, particularly in the long shadow, having watched all the episodes, mm. his his gift is that each of the characters are so fully formed and realised, but he, not just the lead actors, but even the day players that come in. Yeah, because I remember because we I was shooting in Shipley when you were when you guys were there right yeah we shoot, I was shooting another thing while while you and we were all staying in the same place me and Lewis and um and, and the producers and stuff and I couldn't believe it for one that he was doing seven episodes himself that yeah was huge, mental huge undertaking huge undertaking have but you not done all the episodes of Boiling Point no I did I've done two there's four it's four episodes right I did the first two right okay but I'm sort of like the showrunner but it's, it's not the, I haven't got the title of showrunner because it's yeah. BBC, it's an American thing in it, but but yeah, so I've been across it all. But showrunner, I know, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> showrunner from Liverpool. Um, but yeah, but Lewis is, uh, I couldn't believe it, you know what I mean. But but also the cast, like yeah. this, so it's such a big ensemble, yeah, it's, it, it, it's hundreds of actors in, in it, yeah. And I think it's that, um, you know, it came to me and then, um. You know, it's not a huge role. I'm only mm. really in the first two eps. Yeah. But I mean, it's great to kick it off. And, you know, I mean, I was paired with Catherine Kelly, who plays my wife in it. And mm. um, I've always been a long admirer of her stuff. We were actually at RADA together. She was in the year below. So I oh, knew right. her a little bit. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those things, it reminded me a bit of, I mean, I was lucky enough to be in Red Riding years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that, that was utterly unique because it was three different directors and crews and everything essentially about yeah. the same subject. But um, the expanse of that um, story was much bigger, as in, but I mean, The Long Shadow is solely about the hunt for yeah. uh, Peter Sutcliffe, predominantly about all the victims and their extended families. That's yeah. that's the sort of cut and thrust of it. That's at the forefront of the drama. But... Um, it reminded me of Red Riding because it was about the power of the ensemble. And I think when you watch The Long Shadow, you've got to watch it in its entirety. You know, you've got mm. to watch all seven episodes yeah. to appreciate all of the other performances that have come before. Yeah. And, um, you know, there are no small parts. I mean, it's great that you can... I mean, I proved that on Line of Duty. You know, I was only in one yeah. episode of Line of Duty. 
I mean, that, that part's followed me around forever. I was going to, I was going to, one of my next like, questions. If someone comes up, I, you know, they go, excuse me, mate. I just go, line of duty. <laughs> yeah. L- literally, that was line of duty. <laughs> <laughs> just have it on your head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, people love that gig, you know. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was yeah, such yeah. a huge, huge hit, show. But yeah. it's a great yeah. example to young actors, uh, you know. If your agents turn around and go, but it's only it's only one episode, darling. But you go, hold on a minute. Was it only one episode? It was one episode, yeah. Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I was, I was, I when I got the scripts and he gets shot at the end. Yeah. I was like, what the oh. fuck is this? And I'm like, and I remember going into the audition and saying, the first thing I said was like, does he survive? And they went, no, Danny, we're terribly sorry. <laughs> this is the gimmick. We're gonna kill off the lead. Um, because he always used to do that, didn't he? He threw Jessica Rain out the window and all that sort of stuff. But yeah. He took it to a whole new level. Yeah. I mean, I, it's kind of bittersweet, Line of Duty, to me, because it was an amazing, like, amazing experience. Yeah. On paper, you know, probably the best role I've played to date, without question, because you got the interrogation scene, and he was just such an amazing yeah. conundrum, that character. Mm. But... Um, it was such a good character. I, I mean, there's part of me that was forever gutted that I didn't get any more screen right. time. Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. I probably contradicted what I said before. But nevertheless, if something is well written enough and there was good people around it, you can really make your mark. And that was one of those performances that, that definitely did it. You know. Yeah. And that is the one thing that follows you around in the streets, people. Yeah, it's either that or Ronnie Biggs or yes, of um, course, yeah, yeah. Or, or white white lines. Every, I've been in Dublin recently. And yeah, everyone loves white lines out in Dublin. I was I surprised sort of that rephrase that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the Netflix series. <laughs> um, I watched that show. Yeah, it was great. I'm surprised it didn't get a second season. Yeah, well, we're, we were all surprised yeah. actually. I don't know. I mean, um, I think Netflix are a bit cloak and dagger, aren't they? They don't mm. necessarily. Um, I don't think they ever release their ratings or anything like that. No. It's all about algorithms. I mean, you could argue with White Lines that the whole thing was wrapped up. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You found out, you know, who killed the DJ and all the loose ends were tied up. I yeah. mean, I think we were all just gutted because, you know, people you were off, Yeah, yeah. People say, well, should the most enjoyable part you played? And I was like, without question, yeah. Marcus in White Lines. And it had nothing to do with the fact that we shot it in Madrid and Mallorca and there yeah. was a infinity pool on the bar upstairs <laughs> yeah it was a riot that it was a great um it was it was wild it was a wild shoot you know mm. it was it was wild off camera as it was on it actually yeah. and some i guess some jobs are like that yeah know? yeah yeah you had to just embrace it yeah with um obviously you play a lot of serious roles and you know a mixture of stuff like that but let's talk about code, code 404 yeah i've seen like the bloopers and Steven <laughs> sent me videos of yeah. you know on set it just looks like I mean how do you get a day done because it doesn't it looks like it's just it's just a constant riot yeah like it was a lot it was it was a hysterical um shoot you know we I mean there'll be no more of it I think it's done and dusted now three seasons right yeah we yeah. got three seasons out of it and I think that's probably right because yeah you don't want to outstay your welcome and it's just, you know, angry Stephen shouting at my character. Yeah. and um, But we had a, such a laugh and it was just something that, um, it was something that came to me initially to attach myself to it. And then, yeah. um, I mean, I worked with Steve years ago mm. on another comedy. I mean, we've never done a drama together. 
Oh, so right. it's been comedies, yeah. which is slightly odd because we're known for the serious stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Predominantly. And then we did Top Buzzer for oh, MTV. Oh, my God, yeah, yes, which was of course. Written by Ed Allen and Johnny Vaughan. Yeah. And it had James Lance and uh, Ashley Waters was in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was such a huge... Um, you know, I mean, it was, that was the first time I met Steve and we just got on our house on fire. Yeah. And then... Um, they sent me code 404 years years later and, and I said, who you got, you know, for the other copper? And they said, no one. And I just thought of Steve straight really? away. Yeah. And sent it to, to Steve and Hannah. And I think the thing is he'd done so much. He was looking to do something completely different. Yeah. And Hannah said, you've got to do it. So we ended up shooting a pilot. Yeah, I remember them telling me about that. Yeah. 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 And then we, um, yeah, Sky hit the green button and we, we did three brilliantly enjoyable seasons and yeah but it was sometimes it was a struggle yeah to keep a straight face of him it's yeah. brilliant honestly it's brilliant it's brilliant and with your with your obviously like with you saying earlier about your family and none of them being in the industry yeah with your family now you know your wife was in the industry what a, would you would you are you any kids interested in being in the industry or would you would you ever push not push them that's mm. the wrong word but you know if they showed any interest. Well, my son, my son was in Matilda when he was a lot younger. Oh, right, 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 right. But that kind of, uh, I think, had the reverse effect. Right. Um, but I, I think he's probably um, still toying with that idea. He's a yeah, very good yeah. actor, Milo. Yeah. You know, because um, a lot of the time I think, you know, it's not rocket science acting. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, when you see like young kids deliver incredible yeah. performances. It's because they're listening and... Yeah, I mean, what like, it is, isn't it? you know, I don't know if you've got kids, but... Yeah. Um, when they're small, they love doing all that role play stuff, yeah. don't they? Yeah. Uh, I was watching this interview with um, Daniel Day Lewis the other day, and that came on, and it was about he says like, you know, you get to a certain age and you put away childish things. I think, and he said actors, they don't do that; they just yeah, carry yeah, on yeah. playing. Yeah. Because that's all you know. That's not like I say; it's not rocket science. You can. It is essentially about going in a space, with you know two people and conjuring up a situation and just listening and yeah and 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 responding to what's in front of you yeah um, and kids are great at that aren't they yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean my my daughter dixie she's all constantly going around playing making up little characters and things like that um but i mean i always say to my kids or any young actors you know or, or any anyone thinking about wanting to do it it's, it has got to come from you it yeah. can't be yeah i mean we talked about you know social media and things like that. Mm. It has to be uh, an innate passion in you that yeah. you can't just, you know, you can't put that fire out, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. It's a burning, because you, you have to have that fire to get on in this game because yeah, it's, yeah. as you know, there are, you know, a million one things that can sort of knock you off your perch, you know, yeah. and you've got to remain steadfast and focused but hold on to that passion. You know? I've, 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 there's a few actors that, that have some sort of come to me in the past. I've done some workshops and stuff like that up in Manchester. And, yeah. And it's so, like older, you know, actors come to me and they're like, right, I've I've quit my job. I've done everything. I'm now going to be an actor. I presume I was like, no, don't do that. Yeah, yeah. Don't do that. Yeah, God, that sounds terrifying. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's like, it's so, it's not, you know, it's not guaranteed. You just, you, you're not going to just walk into it. Yeah. Keep your job, but, have it ticking over as well, you know what I mean? Yeah, you've got to... I mean, you know, I, I, everyone, I think, probably looks at me and goes, you know, he doesn't stop working, but I've, I've had to deal with 
my fair share of rejection every yeah, a- yeah, actor yeah. does you know yeah. and particularly those roles that you think god you know you've prepared for the audition you've mm. learned the sides you've gone in you've met the people and you've smashed it and you don't get the gig it's sort of yeah it, you know it can be soul destroying yeah but it's yeah. about as my old man says you know you've got to put your armor plating on and and dust yourself down and go again you know i think you become you know, part rejection and disappointment is part and parcel of the game. Yeah, you so get more rejections. Not, yeah, yeah, of course you do. It's not glamorous, game. is it? No, you know, no, and no, it's, no. And it's it's about um, taking those knocks and and mm. using those knockbacks to say no. You know, I'll, I'll I'll go on and and come back and get another gig and all that sort of stuff. But um, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because like, I mean, I've had loads as an actor as well. It's like you put so much effort into you say you're lucky enough to get a script a week before which is quite rare these days yeah yeah and you put everything into it and you research it and you do you literally stop everything to, to focus on this yeah and then you go in and you do your best and you think you've got the you know you've done yeah. your best and you come out and then you don't hear anything for yeah. a week yeah 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 and then it just it just like it's like torture isn't it, it just yeah i mean I, but often you know the longer you stay in the industry and the more mm. success you get and the more of a name you make for yourself the reality is it kind of gets harder because yeah. you know you all as you know you all want to be on those lists you know yeah 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 or your agent says the infamous you're in the mix yeah <laughs> yeah which is um you know yeah part and parcel of it but those other people on the list are you know yeah Stephen Graham Michael Sheen Ben you know these yeah. heavyweight actors yeah and um it's all it's, it's hard it, it is and it's the same it's the same like what you said there as you get you know more successful not successful but you're in, in, in this industry more and more recognised you're on you're, not, you're in competition with with those players yeah and it's the same like I always say to actors as well and you know people in the industry you forget that when you walk into a room with a casting director they've had to go through the same process to get their job yeah, yeah. like casting directors don't just some of them do, obviously. Yeah. But it's the same process, isn't it? But like casting directors have got agents. They've yeah. they've got to interview for the job. Same with producers. Yeah. So when you come on set as an actor, you know, the, all those people have had to go through the same process as you. Yeah. You know, so it's... it's but it a, is it's all a, about building those relationships. Absolutely. You know, absolutely, and absolutely. an actor and casting director relationship is kind of key, you know. Yeah, yeah. Nina Gold was a massive champion of me when I started out. Yeah. Because I did two... Mike Lee films sort of back of course, to back. Yeah, yeah. That was a big turning point in my career. And then, <clears throat> um, but you know, like producers and direct, you know, it's about, I think, you know, turn up, you're not late, you're kind, you're courteous, you deliver the lines, you don't bump into the furniture. I mean, yeah. I'm simplifying <laughs> it. But do you know what I mean? If yeah. you're, you want to build up a, a reputation of being, you know, hopefully talented and reliable and easy to get on with and a good collaborator. And I think... Yeah you know um it's about just keeping your hand in and staying in the game yeah because you know? um, i mean ultimately you're going you know you work with someone say you work on a show for two three months yeah it's a family isn't it and you've got to be you've all got to get on and one sort of bad egg or bad seed in that mix yeah can you can't change everything i always think you have to leave your ego at the door totally, you know totally and then agree, like yeah. uh, the Long Shadow is an absolute case in point. You must have had it on boiling point as well. You know, you can't... Because here's the thing. You've got like... I mean, what you... You know, you're shooting what? Six pages a day or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and it's yeah. like... You've got to get 
those pages shot on that day because if you fall behind schedule, you know, financially that's a complete nightmare yeah. and you've got to get the day done, you know. Yeah. Everyone needs to be pulling in the same direction to yeah. achieve that goal. Yeah. And if you've got someone that's like, I'm sorry, why am I not number one on the call oh, sheet? Or, God. I yeah. can't wear these shoes. Yeah. These are, where are my Ugg boots? Or, yeah. or, you know, I'm, you know. Where's, where's I don't have Ugg boots, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like like I said, you know, shows take three, four years to come yeah, yeah. to the fore. So it's about, yeah. you don't want a, a sort of arsey actor turning up at the last minute, rocking the boat, going, yeah. being all starry. I think, you know, those sort of people very quickly get found out, you know. Yeah. And so in terms of like, you, you, you obviously went to the Italia Conti, Rada, musical theatre stuff, then the acting stuff. And then you went off and did a load of t amazing t TV and films. Yeah. And I want to talk about 1917 as well, because I'm, I'm interested to know the, that process as well. Yeah. Um, but also Guys and Dolls, now you're, in, you, you're, doing, you're doing a musical. Um, was, is that the first time you were back doing a musical since being in yeah i had it in, in my locker obviously yeah from yeah Conti's days. i was gonna say I how, dusted, how was dusted. it like dusting them off it was uh i've never felt so middle-aged in the rehearsals <laughs> i know that there was all these 20 something astounding sort of dancers yeah. you know and i tried to join in in the uh physical warm-up <laughs> <laughs> and then it took all of two weeks and all the middle-aged actors were just gently rolling around in the corner of the room while they're doing split leaps and God knows what. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, look, Guys and Dolls was about the role of Nathan Detroit because it's yeah. kind of like iconic. Yeah. I mean, it was just a left field offer out right. the blue. I was on a holiday in Ibiza with Lou and the kids mm. and then um, I got an email from my agency saying, you've been offered... Nathan Detroit with Nick Heitner at the Bridge Theatre. And I was like, what? I remember, I, and I walked down and Lou was at the swimming pool and I went, check this out, I've been offered this. And Lou was like, you're doing it. Wow, yeah. She always said, you've got to do a musical. Like, yeah, cause yeah. She's, I mean, I'm, I'm always prattling around on sets anyway and dancing and, you know, doing that. And, um, but it was a great example of attempting to try and do something, you know, polar opposite to what people associate you with yeah yeah so i've had that the whole time the show open god i didn't know you could do that but it's about that's what it's all about yeah you know? yeah, yeah yeah but it was um i mean you know i said i'm going back i can't wait to go back because yeah. it you know there's about the thing about i keep going on about live theater it's it's like the closest feeling i get to when i played sport you know yeah you know, I mean, Guys and Dolls is utterly exhausting. I mean, as soon as you go out on Nathan Detroit, he doesn't stop talking. Yeah. You know, he's like got that street smart patter and like I'm drenched in sweat at the end of it all. <laughs> but you kind of come off and you're like, ah, you yeah, can yeah, take yeah, on yeah, the yeah. world. It's utterly exhilarating. But then you've got to do it again the next night. Why is it um, eight shows a week? Eight shows a week, wow. yeah. God. So, uh, yeah, two on a Thursday and two on a Saturday. See, that's one of the things. I'd never done theatre like I yeah. spoke before. Uh, like because it's it did scare me and i think it scared me too because because I, I didn't train as an actor i just i just fell into it as, yeah. uh, when i was younger when i was like 15. um so i think i've always had that in the back of my mind going i couldn't do that because everyone on that stage has been trained to within an inch of their lives you know what i mean so but even with i think even that resilience of doing eight shows a week that gigantuan effort that mm. you need to do that it kind of gets easier as you do it because right. your endurance improves and, yeah. you know, it's so 
in your body. Yeah. That muscle memory thing is just an incredible thing to me. Yeah. Because it's like, I don't know what it is. You know, and people go, that classic thing of when you do a play, you know, people go, how do you remember all the lines? Yeah, and yeah, you yeah. go, because that like, that like you trips something Trip, in my yeah, brain. Yeah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah. Blah, blah. And yeah. it's like, there was an amazing moment on, on stage. Uh, I, I tried a couple of times doing Guys and Dolls, but there was a moment when Andrew Richardson, who plays Sky Masterson, he probably won't like me saying this, but he forgot to, he puts up a wad of money and I grab it. Mm. And that was my, and he just forgotten uh. his prop. And, he went like that and there was nothing in his hand and I and it completely my brain went why is that not there and it made yeah. me screw the line the following line up and I was in the wrong place so all those things of me picking this glass yeah, yeah. triggers what you have to say and you know it's what do you do in that situation because obviously the audience unless the audience have been to see the show a million times and they know it inside out yeah I, be... I, I totally dried on stage with Andrew really? <laughs> um, um, on one matinee yeah and I it just gone really it just went and i i said to him what's my line <laughs> <laughs> just said what's, I've dry, what's my line and he went um well i don't know um oh, cheesecake wow. i went oh yeah cheesecake and then we carried on but a bit of the audience love that though they 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 obviously knew that i'd gone wrong but for you it feels like an eternity yeah moment. yeah and you go you just want the ground to swallow you up but they kind of love all that don't yeah they, they really? do yeah well it's like because it's just makes it you know Part of the part of the it's a unique experience for them. Yeah. You know what I mean. I think a lot of the time is when you dry like that, you're you're not actually <laughs> concentrating as much as you should. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, I dried on it. I did a play at the national called the Red Lion, mm. which was a football play. It was a three-hander. Calvin Denver and Peter White, fantastic yeah. play written by Patrick Marber mm. about non-league football, and um, I remember I dried in that because the state. I always I always say to the stage manager. Is there anyone of note in the audience? And she oh. said, like, you know, already, for some reason, I just, you know, there's a few faces in the audience. Yeah. It's quite nice, you know. Yeah. And um, she told me at the interval, she said, um, there's someone in. And I went, who is it? And she went, it's Danny Boyle. And I was like, oh, oh wow, Danny Boyle, fantastic. Anyway, so and I started the second act on my own right. on a mobile phone. And it was like, Mac, it's Jim. That was the line. Yeah. And, they, and I'm after come on in a overcoat and a trilby hat and it's been raining so i'm drenched yeah and i come on the thing like that and i'm like in the wings and i'm like they pour the water on me and i'm like oh my god it's danny bowles do a good second act like that <laughs> you know what i mean i came out of that and i got the mobile phone out and i went oh, gone oh, completely man. forgot and i went i oh, don't oh you've dried you've, you've dried it will come to you and it didn't it didn't and then you go what do I do now? And then you go, oh my God, Danny Boyle. He's <laughs> <laughs> looking at me. You know, and I remember, I always remember looking uh, in the wings and they're all going, oh no, what are you doing? And I was like, do I stop? Do I start? Do I go yeah. off? Do we do it? I mean, you know what to do. What did you do? I remember the intonation of the line. Right. I, I just couldn't remember the word yeah. Mac. Oh my that God. That one word Mac triggers my brain to say the rest of the remaining part of the second act. So I just went, <laughs> so I knew the tune of the line, but not the actual line itself. Oh my God. And there was like, you know, and somehow we managed to, you know, uh, carry on and, you know, if something goes wrong on stage, as you say, just cancel and continue. Yeah. Just yeah, let yeah. it go within yeah. reason. <laughs> oh man. I remember um, I went to see uh, um, Wizard of Oz recently. Yeah. 
and it didn't happen when we were there but um but apparently like there was a massive technical thing on the stage and um and uh they had to just stop everything and then um what's his name came on the comedian came on and did a did a basically did a full stand oh it was um um Ah, who? Jason Manford. Jason Manford. Manford. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes. He came on in the lion Funny suit man, yeah. and did a full-on oh wow, like, wow comedy him. sketch thing for for everyone. Yeah, we we had some show stops on Guys and Dolls really? because it's an, the whole thing is immersive. Yes, yeah, like yeah, it's yeah, on a, yeah. Essentially, it's on fifteen different platforms. Right. So the audience are part of the action and they get ushered around by New York cops and yeah. So it's a whole thing shifts and moves and everything else, which I think is the thing that set this. Um, particular production apart from past mm. ones but um the whole thing is on hydraulics yeah i heard underneath that. the stage and that there was a couple of times where it just stopped wow or and then that, then there's a show stop yeah which you know is not good for anyone i hate it because it just shatters the illusion yeah and, um but like we said the audience do secretly love it because they feel part of the action. And it's, it's a unique one for them. It doesn't happen every show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so glad because I was I was dying to go and see it, but I couldn't make it because I was so busy. But I'm so glad that when you came in here, I, you said you were going back because I can't because I wouldn't want to watch it without. Because Steve and Hannah said they went to see it and just yeah. they told me it was just m- magical. It was lovely to have them in the audience because they uh, went. They they said there's a there's a. Like we said, it's an immersive, but it, some people don't have to be, right? Is that right? No, you can, if you want to go and get a seat, you know, yeah, you can do yeah, you can yeah. do it the conventional way yeah. and it's essentially all in the round. So yeah, yeah. you get that same sort of um, immersive experience. And everyone dances at the end. And- yeah, and then all the, and all the you know, you end up dancing with, with everyone. And then, um, but it was great to have Steve and Hannah there because... Um, <laughs> they were just they were both sitting there with these big beaming smiles <laughs> at the end and um but we've been we've had some amazing um people that came yeah. in to see it because what you realize is that guys and dolls is like ev- so many people's favorite ever show yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and um i it was my birthday i was um uh, i turned 45 on on i was doing the show that night and mm. Lou and the kids came, and I think my mum and dad were there, and things like that, and they'd all had a meal before, and then we were having a drink afterwards, and there was this on the thing, and I turned around, and it was like, it was Tim Robbins, and I was like, what? oh my God, but I'd worked with Tim years ago wow. on this Spanish movie on an oil rig in Northern Ireland, all very obscure, yeah. but, um, <laughs> um, and he was there with Reed Morano, and, but Tim came back, like, it was his favorite musical as wow. a kid, and then he came back with his kids, so we ended up seeing the show like three times, oh but we've God. had, we've had uh, Jeffrey Rush came, Helen really? Carter came like three times, and since I've been away and Owen's taken over, mm. they've had like Hugh Jackman came, really? and Florence Pugh, and all these incredible, um, wow, you know, heavyweight Ray Fiennes came. You know, it's it's kind of surreal when you've, um, and the press night to Guys and Dolls was probably the best night I've had in a, um, in a theatre because it was. God, press nights are so nerve-wracking. Yeah. You know, yeah. and particularly that one, you sort of... In actual fact, the thing about it was we were told that all of the press had already come in the previews. So in actual fact, but it's still a press night. Yeah. Um, but there was a lot of people, you know, God, I've worked in the game for so long now, that was actually when the lights came up and there was the audience, there was all these incredible, you know, collaborators that I'd worked with in the past, like Leslie Manville and... yeah. David Morrison. I invited Eddie Mars and that mm. night as well. So, 
Eddie and Janine, his wife, came. So that was because um, I'd been working with Eddie on something out in Paris and, um, and I'd not worked with Eddie for a long time. So he was buzzing about me doing Nathan Detroit and it was, it was actually quite emotional. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. they had such a good night. Yeah. That's amazing. And so you're going back in October. Did a lot of name dropping there, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, it's great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you're going back in October and then that's, that's for a, a few months. Yeah. Or what, to whenever. And then, and then would that, is the show going to continue on? Is it, would it just be a, one of those, like I, a Lion King? I think so. I don't, I mean, it's a, I don't quite know um, how long it will run for. I think it, it possibly will continue. Because yeah, yeah, it's been yeah. such a hit. And yeah. it's obviously making, it, the thing is that the Bridge Theatre are in the financial red from COVID. Right. That's the bottom line. And like a lot of theatrical yeah. uh, spaces, you know, everything took a hit. I mean, mm. that's the reason why the show has been such a hit as well, because it's a real celebration of yeah. unity and people together and everything else. And then, um, but they, you know, Nick was, he, he rolled the dice, so to speak, and got the yeah. rights for a big classic American musical. And that was yeah. Guys and Dolls. And in a way it was like the last roll of the dice. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. If yeah, it hadn't, yeah. I don't know if it, if it, if it had, if we hadn't pulled it off, I don't quite know what would have happened yeah. to the theater itself. So it's a real, you know, to be part of something like that is incredibly yeah. gratifying. And, um, you know, to get to work, I mean, I'm, you know, Nick Heitner is such a, world famous director, you know, in theatre yeah. and to get to work with Nick was such a joy and um, he just knows what he's doing, man. He knows how to put on those, those big those shows, big shows yeah. and um, he's second to none at it. So it's yeah. great to get an opportunity to work with him. Yeah. And and then, so I said, I want to talk about 1917 purely because I'm interested in the that process. Yeah. And the sort of, I know it wasn't one take, but it was certainly longer takes yeah did the the sort of rehearsal process for that and and you know how long were the takes and how many times did you do it and all that kind of stuff i'm the king of steady cam shots in um war movies right <laughs> so i've done 1917 yeah. but before that i was in atonement yes directed of course, yeah. by joe yeah. wright which yeah, has yeah, the yeah. famous steady cam shot yeah 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 on red car beach yeah and then they're in, in with the dunkirk sequence so 1917 was a walk in the park. Walk in the park. <laughs> no, um, it was the, the 1917 scenes was a lot kind of um, wasn't as long as the atonement shot, but um, yeah. just focusing on 1917, it was it was the same sort of element of of very long takes yeah. and a huge amount of pressure on you as an actor to not screw up. It's like theatre, isn't it? It yeah, is. Yeah. It's very much like that. And particularly that opening, because I start the whole thing off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's literally just my legs giving him a kick, going, get your kit and come with me. Yeah. And then I just love that opening sequence. It's because brilliant, yeah. the two boys get up, and they were amazing to work with. I'd, I'd done The Caretaker at the Old Vic with George. Right. Uh, and he's tremendous. But, you know, they obviously start and walk and they do a walk and talk and it's like they you know they built a first world war trench system yeah on salisbury plain and then it was just like it just sort of blew my mind mm -hmm. the level of craftsmanship that yeah. had gone into it yeah and i mean it was really like the nooks and crannies of it it was really tight and it i felt like you were there so i had to start that sequence off and then they do the walk and talk and you can see them sort of descending into hell yeah you know and it was all like there, and I had to run around and get in the 
you know, you've got to get in position yeah. and make sure, right. But that sort of, when it comes around the corner like that, I remember a couple of times the, the, the steady cam operator just, he clipped the wall and then he collapsed at one point. So it was like um, meticulous in terms of yeah. its planning. And, you know, it was about, and I never forget this, and I'd never worked with Sam Mendes before. Mm -hmm. And I do the walk, and then we do like a walk and talk, and I take them to Colin Firth in the, yeah, um, yeah. In the dugout. And um, we have some dialogue, and I'm walking like this. And um, I'd never met Sam, and then like the day, you know, they'd offered me the thing, and all these other great actors were doing it. I said, yeah, of course, I mean, it's Sam Mendes and everything. And the script was amazing. And, um, we were then doing the, the bit and I kept throwing like the cameras behind me as are the two boys. And then we like doing the early takes and I kept <laughs> throwing my, I kept turning and like, <laughs> looking like that. So, and we did like a couple of takes and um, he went, Danny, can I, can I give you a note? And I was like, well, he said, what's all this? <laughs> like, what's he said, you're just trying to get your face, face on, on camera, the camera. You? And he went, I know what you're doing. <laughs> And he says, you're not going to do it? And I said, no, he said, no, because, you know, he's a sergeant major and he's, you, you, and, he, and he was absolutely right. Mm. Because the bottom line was like, that character wouldn't be looking around at him like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? He yeah. was steadfast. He knew what he had to do. Mm. He was sort of war-torn and weary. Yeah. And the payoff is then when you get to the dugout. Yeah. I remember him saying, and then you turn and everyone goes, oh, look, it's Daddy Mates. Uh, ah, yeah, yeah, So he yeah, knows yeah, what yeah. he's doing. Of course, yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So... He was astounding, actually, the level of sort of micro, microscopic sort of detail mm. in the notes that he would give, particularly to the two boys. Because he's theatre background as well. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's yeah. done it all. So um, we, we actually watched, um, we put on American Beauty two nights back because yeah. Milo had never seen it. And uh, me, Lou and Milo sat down and watched that film. Oh, my God. I mean, what a piece of work that yeah. is. That's great when you've got kids and they get to a certain age. Right. And you've got, you know, we're going to watch your usual suspects. I think it's yeah, yeah. fascinated by the whole Kevin Spacey thing. But um, we're going to watch usual suspects next. But American Beauty is just like yeah. an amazing piece of work. Yeah. I'd forgotten how incredible Annette Benning's performance is. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's, you know, suburbia horror, isn't it? Yeah, you know, yeah. the, the sort of meltdown and sort of existential crisis that all of those characters are in yeah i mean it's such a phenomenal piece of work it's great when you go back and you revisit classic films that you haven't seen in like decades what is it what over 20 years yeah isn't it? i mean we also watch like you know if you go back and you watch shin's list yeah i i, I think i now i'm like a father and i've got kids you get to that sequence where the mothers have been taken away from their kids and mm. they're loaded into the uh, concentration camp trains. That is just, that sequence to me, like for some, you know, because I'm a parent now, yeah, yeah, it yeah, absolutely yeah. broke me on a much deeper level I, yeah. I, it, when I watched it before. Yeah. yeah, it's always good to go back and watch those classics. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? It's... They'll be saying the same about Boiling Boy. <laughs> you know they will. <laughs> uh, what, what is, um, what, what, is there a, is there a role or a, or a character that you haven't played yet that you would love to explore? I know it's a vague question, that really, but is there anything? Yeah, I don't. I've never had a game plan. I've never because no. um, it's it can you know everything can be up in the air, can't it? But um, mm. I don't think I can play another policeman. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the, the thing to do at the moment. Don't play another copper. But um, 
No, I'm joking. Um, I, I don't know. I, for some reason, I think because Guys and Dolls has been such a big hit and been such a rewarding experience mm. to be part of. I don't know whether I think for some reason I I think there's a lot in in terms of stage work. I think that's possibly where I could really. Uh, stretch myself as an yeah, actor. Yeah, yeah, I haven't done a Shakespeare, you know, professionally since I left drama school. Would you like to do one? Yeah, and that's yeah. something that I've um, keep saying I want to do, and then keep putting off. And mm. um, you know, I'd like to tackle something like that, or a, a big giant American classic play. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I yeah. mean, my favourite playwright was Arthur Miller, and yeah. although I, yeah. mean, I remember seeing Mark Strong, who's a good friend of mine. Mm. In view from a bridge, you know, doing something along those lines, but um, you just don't know, you know. It's all about hunting out those good scripts. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I've got a great relationship with my agent Sarah Spear and Grace because, yeah. like, she's after me from day one. So mm. we've got a great understanding. I think again, that's about young actors. You've got to have a place, a relationship with your agent where you can just be as open and honest yeah. and have honest dialogue and say, look, I, I you know. Well, you've got to be on the same page. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think that's another thing as well that like is really interesting to me because because young actors coming in, they see the I won't name names, but they see the big, the big agencies, and they're like, "That's where I've got to go." Yeah. But, but in actual fact, if you do go there, you might get lost. Find someone, yeah, who, you know, you get on with, and you know, have got your back. You've got their back, and it's it's a it's a relationship, isn't it? Yeah, it has to be. That's always a danger when yeah they sign with the big you know. Yeah independent or things like that, you know yeah, 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 but yeah. but you know i mean any agent worth their salt would be like you know they've got to believe in you as an actor and as as believe in your talent yeah they've seen something in you that they think you know this kid can be employable you know yeah you've got something to offer yeah and it's about them getting you in the door and championing your work and you know but someone said to me if you change agents it's like Swapping deck chairs on the Titanic, which I love that thing because you're always going to get in the same. You're going to get in the same room. You yeah. know what I mean? But, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, it's key. I mean, I've been blessed to work with um, Sarah and Grace. They've been, um, yeah. you know, they mean a huge deal to me. Yeah, yeah. It's really important. Really important. So, what's next? What can you talk about? What what you said? You touched upon what you're shooting at the minute. Um, yeah. We've mentioned, um, I mean, I've just got to go back to Dublin and then yeah. um, uh, finish Moonflower Murders, then yeah. back in the show. And um, I mean, I've got a lot, of stuff, a lot of stuff coming out, but we can't talk about that yeah, 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 for yeah, obvious yeah. reasons. Course, yeah. um, that's kind of frustrating. Long Shadow is out soon. Long Shadow is... It might is, be out by the time the show is out. So I think it's Long Shadow is out now. <laughs> <laughs> end of September, they're saying. Yeah. So, yeah. so we we'll, we'll probably will be out. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. 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 And I can't... I can't recommend it enough, you know, yeah, because yeah. It, it is, you know, there'll be a proportion of the population that go, why do you want to make a um, a, a drama about such a such it's a It's an person? important story, though. But it's not, I can't emphasise this enough, it's not, it's about the police investigation. It doesn't in, glorify it. It doesn't glorify him yeah. or not. He's in it, but there's hardly any screen time, but yeah. it's, it's predominantly about the victims and their, and their families. Do yeah. you know what I mean? And, um, they came to me. I mean, because the thing about it, he, there was thirteen victims. Mm. You're at danger of it becoming them just becoming a number. Yeah. But when you really investigate each of those lives and uh, 
what was going on, it mm. becomes dramatically becomes very very interesting. Yeah, yeah. And um, it was a very difficult thing to film. Yeah, it was a harrowing story. Yeah. Because I'm playing the husband of the second victim, Emily right. Jackson. Yeah. And they'd come. They were in such financial difficulties that um, they come to a point where they. She starts soliciting, you know. Mm. So in a, it, weirdly, it's sort of Shakespearean because you're yeah, you know, yeah. his husband's allowing his wife to go and do yeah, that, yeah. you know. So the and of course the worst thing ever happens. Mm. So, um, but I adored working with Lewis again, and Catherine Kelly's astonishing in the uh, the episode. And then a young actor called Sean Thomas as well, who plays the son. Right. And um, it was just you know you, there is such a huge responsibility when you play something mm. like that. Yeah. And I actually went and met a bit of research, like the real Neil Jackson, really? went out to Leeds. Yeah. Uh, and he was incredibly gracious with his time because mm. um, it was obviously such a difficult thing for him to talk about. Yeah, but he was yeah. so, I just respected his bravery and his honesty. And mm. I mean, he was obviously a consultant on the drama from the word go and yeah. they set the meeting up but it was really beneficial actually to yeah, actually because yeah. you can you can look at documentaries and you can read books but there's something about when someone is sitting in front of you and you look into the whites of the eyes of that course. you go this yeah. actually happened I did exactly the same with yeah. Des when I played yeah. Peter Jay I went out with his had lunch with his widow and his son from his second marriage mm. and you know when you get that primary source yeah. To draw upon it really helps the performance. Yeah, of course, yeah. It's amazing. And you work with Graham Drover, who, who was the first on Long Shadow. He, Graham, yes. He produced Boiling Point, the TV oh, series. Oh, did he really? He's producing now, yeah. Oh, well, great for him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. yeah, he's a great energy on set. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, he works so brilliantly with Lewis. Yeah. Yeah, he was great on Des and, and Long Shadow. He's, he, he always seems very, um, he's like the calm in the storm. Oh, my God. You know? Yeah. I mean, Boiling Point was was stressful at times and he was the one person that was just yeah kept it all oh well, say hello for I, me. Will, yeah. I will Top i will guy. and just one thing um that i ask everyone uh on the podcast um it's obviously called the going rogue club yeah i like to ask uh what is your rogue choice of film or tv show so you know you tell us about it um something that means something to you that might be a little bit out there. But does it have to be um, a drama? No, 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 no. Um, we my... had one yesterday, which was what, come down with me, yeah. <laughs> no, I like, I'd say the thing that we end up sitting down is, um, and watching is Grand Designs. <laughs> I love that show. Grand Designs is an absolute yeah. blinder, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's kind of an, it's a brilliant show yeah. because it's filmed over such a long yeah. period of time. And um, that's the thing that fascinates me, how we're, 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 we're in a place like, do we move at the moment or do we do the back of the house up? So yeah. we might have to get them in. <laughs> to, um, <laughs> but it's, um, you know, you kind of get into their lives. Yeah, bit, totally. You? And you go, oh, oh, they've overspent the budget. <laughs> and they, you know, they nearly broke up and yeah. all that. Some like, of them do break yeah, up. Yeah, they do break yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, And then, and then the house is still just like... You've got this amazing laughing. house with a lift, and like <laughs> a view of the thing, but they're now divorced. And you think, oh my God. He's got no furniture in it. It's just <laughs> yeah. him on his own. Yeah, Just yeah. sitting there rocking in the chair. <laughs> No, that's, that's a bit cruel. Yeah, um, a great entertainment though. Great show, yeah. I yeah. mean, God, that's been going for years. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think they did the one where they went back. They go, they go back to the houses now, 
Right. And like what you said, it's like not the story you would you would. But expect some some of those, the end results are just yeah, 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 yeah. You know where they sort of they take over a windmill or like yeah. a, an old power station, and you're like, man. Yeah. But it always always goes over budget. <laughs> yeah. Always like everything does doesn't yeah, it yeah 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 it's like don't you know it's not a great message in build your own house no. <laughs> <laughs> well listen it's been an absolute pleasure mate honestly love talking to you great meeting you Phil I've really yeah. loved it I've really enjoyed it mate thank yeah, you for having me on thanks mate pleasure